0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's the fucking Philosopher's Stone Podcast. I thought it'd be cool to start it off with an unnecessary F-bomb this week, Sam. <laughs> Good idea. What's up? Clear out up the kids. What's going from on? <laughs> yeah, get them out of here. Take those earbuds out, you little shits. You won't understand this highfalutin stuff. Uh, what are we? We missed a week. We're back. We're back on schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? Do we have a schedule to be back on though really when we think about it
1: uh yeah you know we, should, we, we we do we do have one that we have to be on but you know what sometimes we're not on it. we no we're never on it we're surprises
0: <laughs> every week whether you don't know if you're gonna get one or not and we don't either um
1: so what's up sam what's new what's new it um is. did a lot of drinking this weekend that was fun oh
0: uh, no, yeah me too <laughs> it was my first weekend back on the actually no second weekend back on the bottle after my month hiatus mm. the boys came over although all the old crew that you know and love they all came over oh nice and we played poker we started poker at 2 p.m everybody was blackout by 4 30
1: <laughs> holy shit how is that even possible <laughs>
0: There was a lot of fireball being passed around ah, the table. Fireball. I'm surprised we even got to like finish the game, honestly. Um, oh. But yeah, it was a good time. I uh, I did not miss the hangovers, though. Holy shit! I'm I'm thinking about. Uh, I mean, I just I think that the non not having a hangover is like worth skipping the boozing. You know, it, 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 it Not all the time. Is,
1: yeah. Not all the time, but so often. Many times.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, what'd you do?
1: Uh, went up to a, a cottage. Um, and yeah, did a lot of, a lot of drinking. Um, I found that I got really hungry the first night. Yeah, a cottage yeah. on like a lake. It was very nice. Well, you um, can't stay sober at a cottage. Everybody no, knows that. Absolutely not. Never. You
0: either go to a cottage to get fucking blackout or you go to a cottage to like wean yourself off a heroin.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's one or the other. You're either binging or cold turkey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So I found like the first night I drank a lot. And then the next morning I was pretty, pretty hungover, pretty rough. But then the second night I drank probably just as much, but I, the next morning I had no hangover whatsoever. And I think that, that is funny you
0: say that, yeah, because I had a similar experience at a cabin, <laughs>
1: mm.
0: so maybe it's the being away from civilization. I remember one year, Canada Day, we had the on so the night before, which was sorry, I, I just remember waking up after Canada Day one year. And I was supposed to go out to a cabin on a lake that day. And I was so unbelievably hungover that like we stopped at Save On Foods, the grocery (laughs) store to get supplies. And it was like, I don't know, 1230, uh, like post noon. And I just remember throwing up all over the parking lot in the middle of the day, a bunch of civilians just looking at me, shaking their heads. And I got to the cabin and I couldn't do anything but lay on the dock. I couldn't talk to anyone. Like I literally was so hungover I couldn't talk, and uh, <laughs> I just had like a straw reaching into a cup of vodka cranberry, and eventually, the, the the liquor revived me, and I we all drank like like sailors again that night, and then the next day my hangover was like not even close to how bad it was the day before. So,
1: wow, the human body really is an amazing thing. It's then- probably
0: not a good sign. That. <laughs>
1: that you're not hung over the second time it's
0: like yeah it's like you're needing to give yourself the poison to stave off the the disease or whatever i don't know but yeah that's definitely happened to me before and it happened at a not a cottage but a cabin so maybe there's something there something about the open air oh yeah
1: i think it, i think it cleanses you but i but i think what what really really worked was i ate a lot of uh tortellini
0: you yeah, think tortellini
1: is the key? Tortellini. I think that might be the key. I'm going to try that theory again. Drink a lot. Eat what it is it? Does it
0: have to be tortellini? Does it, is it the shape of the pasta or is it the fact that it's stuffed?
1: I think it's the, the stuffing. The stuffing. I think it's all the cheese. So, so, <laughs> That's what does it.
0: You think it's the cheese? So could <laughs> the same effect be achieved with, with, if we could have maybe like, I don't know, ravioli or would
1: even a pierogi Ooh. work? Yes, ravioli, pierogi could work. Yeah, pierogi is pastry. Ma- no, no, pierogi like a noodle, th- I think, right? No, pierogi more of like no. a, a pasty pastry? Dough? It's like a
0: Ukrainian ravioli almost. Yeah, I've had pierogies. before. I guess.
1: Man, what? I don't know what they're no, I mean, I, mean you know, I know.
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> you can't classify them as pasta, though,
1: can you? No, no, no. They're like a Eastern European dumpling, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're way more on the dumpling family tree, for sure. They're like a thicker dumpling. But you, you, yeah, and like pierogies, you kind of want to get. Well, I do, anyways. I like getting crispy, and I don't mm-hmm. like my, I don't like my ravioli crispy. Uh, maybe I do. I've never tried it. Now that I think about it, crispy ravioli. I used to get these pre-made uh, butter butternut squash raviolis from the grocery store. They're delicious. Actually, I ate them all the time back when we were roommates. I don't know if I ever let oh, you yeah. try mm-hmm. any. <laughs> I remember you cooking them though. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Um, Can I do a quick shout out? I was on a last time we recorded a podcast. Seems like a month ago, but I guess it was only like two weeks ago. Um, Immediately after, I went and did another podcast. And uh, I just wanted to shout them out. It is the God, I got to get the name right here. Um, They are a podcast that is uh, um, associated with a food tour company in the Okanagan here where I live in B.C. I just want to make sure I got the actual podcast name correct. Uh, The Okanagan Food Show
1: had me on. Wow. Yes.
0: Congratulations. Shout out to them. Check them out on uh, Spotify. They also have an Instagram. Um, and we talked about some, we did a little comedy talk. We did talk about food, got some uh, some insight on some local eateries that I would never have heard about if I wasn't uh, made privy to it by the Okanagan Food Show podcast. Um, so check them out. Shout outs to them. I know it's probably going to be like a month after the fact, that, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. um does colombia have a uh, yeah. chicken we do nice. um i went there once and i gotta say i was completely underwhelmed oh, all i, I heard way too much hype about it how and, dare you sir dude well, okay, it was I not think, good. i do i do i do
1: don't i don't understand like why people fight over the sandwiches they're not nearly that good <laughs>
0: Well, see, the thing is, I don't know if you recall that. I think it might have been a Christmas thing. Me, you, and our friend Zach, who lives like in a sailboat somewhere now, we all live together. And do you recall that night we all got hit with the craving for a big bucket of KFC? Oh, yeah. yep. Definitely. And we went and we got... Like a huge family-sized bucket of KFC, and we were like completely underwhelmed with it. I hadn't had KFC chicken forever, but I was not impressed. No, I don't remember it's not good. What you remember? No.
1: no.
0: So you're telling me Popeyes is is not going to leave me that disappointed?
1: I don't think so. I mean, it's like Popeyes is much better than KFC, much better.
0: Okay, you heard it here first. Maybe I should talk to my friends at the Okanagan Food Show and see if that's correct.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You you should see if Kelowna has like a good fried chicken place though, because they might. You never know. Well, good fried chicken. We have a place
0: called like, Mary Brown's. Oh. Never, never had it. But uh, fast food fried chicken is that KFC bucket we had those many moons ago really turned me off from the whole concept.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Maybe we just got a to... like that KFC is so many people's first experience with fried chicken, and it's just so terrible. But, you know, <laughs> Maybe we just really got a bunk bucket, you know. <laughs>
0: Every yeah. once in a while, you, you get a bunk bucket from the KFC.
1: A bunk bucket? What does that mean?
0: And Oh, it's just everything's bunk in there. Remember that? <laughs> remember when people used to say it was bunk?
1: <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> bunk. oh this I'm is I'm going to bring that up.
0: <laughs> Yeah. you remember back back in the day? we Everybody used to call, say bunk all the time. It no, that's bunk. like an old
1: British thing. Bunk. I
0: think, I think the skateboard culture overtook it for a bit.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I never heard that slang. There must be some BC slang. Really? Yeah. What's well, slang you in were in
0: BC for quite a long time. You were around when we were all saying bunk. I guarantee you, you were saying bunk.
1: I was not. I never have once said that's bunk in my life. Like,
0: well, now that I hear you say it, it does sound like you've never said it before.
1: <laughs> that's bunk. Like I can't say that. Not...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Can't pull it off. Uh, I. I just want to say I'm drinking a, uh, a drink I invented and it sounds terrible, but it's actually good. And I want everyone that drinks alcohol and listens to this podcast to give it a shot. What it is, is I call it a Whiskey Kitty and it is a uh, whiskey mixed with peach juice.
1: Why would that be bad? That That sounds really good.
0: I don't know. Seemed like it would be bad when I first tried it, but it was surprisingly delicious. Maybe it's already a drink.
1: What, what kind of Maybe whiskey
0: look are you, you doing? Okay, the whiskey I'm using today is not best for it. Um, I'm drink. <laughs> I mixed it with Kraken. Oh, so usually this whiskey. this drink. <laughs> Krakens. <laughs> what around. is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's an issue right there. Okay, it did taste a little rough today. Um, whiskey and peach juice. Like, every mixture has to have a name at this one. Peach juice? Where do you get point. peach juice? Uh, you can just buy, like, Minute made peach juice. Oh, wow. Okay, so we got some places calling it just a whiskey peach recipe or a peach old-fashioned cocktail. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there you go. I don't think I've invented anything. I just happened to have whiskey and peach juice one morning. <laughs> you invented morning.
1: whiskey and peach juice. <laughs> Never well, been done before. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, at least I named it. I
1: fucking named it.
0: Because it doesn't kitty? seem to have a name. It's just, it's just, yeah,
1: whiskey kitty. Nice. Hey, maybe it'll catch on. Maybe it's maybe good, now that it has a it's more a good hangover name. drink. Oh, it's a good hangover drink. Yeah?
0: Well, yeah, because we we don't have a dog, so we can't have a you know, take a hangover a the hair of the dog that bitch <laughs> you. But we we can have a whiskey of the kitty that scratched you, and that's uh, basically the uh, the uh, cat owner's version.
1: Oh, of okay. The uh,
0: hair of the dog, yeah. So that's where that came from. It'll be huge one day. Kanye's gonna be drinking it. Um, <laughs> how 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 how's comedy going over there? in T dot. Oh,
1: that's good. I did a uh, a show with. Uh, Jack Hirschfield and Ivan Baltag in London, Ontario. Shout out to Ivan oh. Baltag. Um, and Damn, Hirshfield. some uh, some Dakotas OGs, eh? Oh, yeah. It's surprising how many people out here are, have like come through Kelowna at some point or another and done comedy in Kelowna. It's very surprising.
0: Well, Jack and Jack and Ivan both started in Kelowna. They were like the staples of the club there, uh, here for years before mm-hmm. they shipped out.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we, we drove to uh, London, Ontario in a snowstorm. Um that was fun. Oh yeah? That was very fun. Not
0: scary at all. <laughs> no. I got I gotta do a uh corporate and cam loops this weekend, and I'm kinda of scared of okay. that drive because we're supposed to get a dump of snow.
1: Big dump. So eh? fig,
0: big fingers dump. crossed, fingers crossed. Big dump. Big dump of snow. Nice God's just gonna um, take a big old dump I, on you. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a sh- the fir- a show we're doing tonight at the Train Station Pub. You've e- you've there before? Train Station mm-hmm, Pub. Mm-hmm.
1: Tremendous uh
0: Pecora. Um Oh yeah, their Pecora Benny is amazing. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Oh. Backhand of God stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they are, they still have the backhand of God in rotation there. Maybe I'll have one of those tonight. But yeah, I think this is like the first Kelowna-based comedy show there that I know of. I know that other comics that are toured through have set up shows there, but anyways, I mean, shows like every night of the week in this town. It's nuts.
1: Oh yeah. Hell yes. Pretty
0: good. Pretty good, though. So what are we talking about today? Well, we
1: are talking about Utopia. Uh,
0: sound effect. is that a movie or is that just a, <laughs> the just the general
1: concept Um, talking a little bit about the concept and then we're going to talk about one kind of utopia in more depth so uh, i recently read a book called walden two which is like a it's like a novel like a philosophy novel basically and it's set in a yeah. utopian society so we'll, we can talk about that in depth uh, later on it's very interesting
0: okay well Hit me. What's the start of this <laughs> utopia you speak of, and what defines the utopia? One man's utopia is another man's hell, is what they say. Is actually a tattoo I got on my on my ankle.
1: Another philosophy tattoo. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm literally covered the with them right now. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah it is.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you asked because that's what we have to talk about first. Like perfect for who right we think of utopia as being a perfect society but we have to define perfect right like uh ancient rome might have been a utopia if you were the emperor like caligula you can just do whatever you want uh um, yeah but it's how ancient slaves.
0: egypt if you were like a nice cat <laughs>
1: <clears throat> yeah exactly if you're a cat in ancient egypt that's probably the best thing ever
0: the well highest being a cow in india is probably not bad either Okay,
1: yeah, true. Um, but if have you've have you seen the Purge movies, right? Like there's a society with no laws and everyone can kill each other. So that might be the perfect utopia for, like, psychopaths.
0: Yeah, I just feel like there's not enough psychopaths in the natural, like, na- like actual psychopaths in a population for them to not completely be outnumbered and outgunned immediately. Like... I think we might have talked about this on the podcast once before, but if there was truly a day where there were no laws, Mm -hmm. I don't think most people would go out and just start committing horrific acts of violence or even breaking the law. There would be a small group of people, like it would be a minority. And I think that for the most part, people don't want to kill each other or even more so don't want to get hurt themselves.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but then again, like it depends on, it depends on, uh, like your culture, I guess, to some extent, right? Like the Mongols, they would love to kill everybody if they could have the chance.
0: Yeah. Well, they did it whether or not there was a day of purge anyway, their whole life, the whole empire was one long purge for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So like that that's clear. We got to get a better, better definition of what utopia is. But I think there's a couple of other types of utopias that we could rule out. Um, so that's like uh, that. Like, there's a new Matrix maybe coming out, right? And yeah, the Matrix—they can make any illusion that they want that you can live in. Like Cipher wants to just live in like a perfect life.
0: So you could. Oh yeah, he just wants to eat that that one steak that over steak. and over and over again <laughs> every night. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that fucking steak. Oh, That would turn the most strict vegan into a, a meat eater.
1: Just put that scene on loop. Yeah. Just swirling his red wine, eating the steak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he could tell the Matrix, like, hey, I want to live in a utopian society within the Matrix. Where I just live with a bunch of simulations in, like, this utopian world. But. hmm so, as far as he know, he would know he'd be living in a utopia. But unbeknownst to him, he's just plugged into a computer. So, would that count as utopia? Do you think?
0: I mean, that's what he agreed to. So, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> here's a, this is like this is the thing is like if utopia means your own personal pleasure, maximization of pleasure and minimization of pain for you, then that is utopia. But if you truly, if utopia means truly everybody, not simulations, but every actual person is at their most happy all the time, then that isn't a utopia, right? Um, I think the problem is that everybody's going to find joy and pain in different ways and areas of life. So to like cur- um, cur- uh, curtail uh, is that the right word
1: c- c- cater cartel cater
0: Cater to everyone's personal utopia you almost need to put them in their own matrix because everybody's gonna have such like little differences that'll end up annoying one person and now suddenly you're annoyed and you don't get annoyed in utopia so now it's not a utopia
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it is uh there's a great quote on the um wikipedia page for utopia from the Oxford Very Short Introduction to Utopia by Lyman Tower Sargent. And the quote is, there are socialist, capitalist, monarchical, democratic, anarchist, ecological, feminist, patriarchal, egalitarian, hierarchical, racist, left-wing, right-wing, reformist, free love, nuclear family, extended family, gay, lesbian, and many more utopias. And so there's just like, there's as many as there could be. And then the rest Yeah, of them, and you can't, and lots of them are in conflict
0: with each other, right? And th- thus is the problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like the quote goes on to say, Utopianism, some argue, is essential for the improvement of the human condition. But if used wrongly, utopianism becomes dangerous. Utopia has an inherent contradictory nature.
0: Yeah. If there is So a- you'll never, essentially, you'll never be able to please everyone. And if you're pleasing one group, you're pissing off another group, so... Again, I think we've arrived at this conclusion. Everybody needs to be put in their own custom simulation with other people of like minds, right? (laughs) Put everybody on the left in the left simulation. Put everybody on the right in the right simulation. Give it, I don't know, a couple weeks before they are at each other's throat. Then you have to divide it again like a cell dividing itself over and over again until you're left with just you and your one other person you like. And then eventually you you're at each other's throats, so you do have to end up being put in your own box in order to be truly in your own utopia.
1: Damn. And then you're just alone. And what kind of a utopia is that? Just alone. There in the you box.
0: go. And therein is the rub. <laughs> and that's where Jesus Christ comes in, dude. Every time we hit a we hit a dead end in the podcast, we gotta bring Jesus
1: into it. Deus Deus X, days. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Christian utopia. There
0: you go. That's heaven. It's just... a terrifying utopia. <laughs> the, the Christian utopia, like, first of all, which Christians are getting to choose it? Are we talking about megachurch Christians down south? Are we talking about the people that are trying to uh, spread the love or the message to the uncontacted tribes in Papua New Guinea and infect their entire population with a disease they don't have the antibodies for? <laughs> who's getting their utopia <laughs> in the christian world
1: yeah exactly right <laughs> i don't think they will get along really very well no historically yeah
0: i mean you got the mega church pastors that are flying around in their jets those are one type of christian and then you got the people that are actually trying to you know help the poor but they smoke cigarettes, so they're going to hell, right? Your body's not <laughs> a temple. I don't care how many homeless people you've saved from the streets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The televangelists are like, they're like living heaven on earth, which you're not supposed to do, I thought.
0: No. It's yeah. not. <laughs> like <laughs> They're balling. the opposite of what Jesus said to do, man. <laughs> yeah. They're just balling us, fuck. Balling hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how people can, like, like, are none of these people reading the Bible at these mega churches? It says to not do what they're doing pretty explicitly.
1: Um, well, it says actually what it says is it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. But it also says all things are possible with God. So, uh, mm. are they? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that pretty much.
0: It leaves it pretty open for anyone's inter- interpretation, which is probably why it's such a popular religion.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's a lot of wishful thinking. The whole prosperity gospel. It's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: well, I think I think uh, wishful thinking is the key to most religions. <laughs> uh, so. Back to the the problem of utopia is that every, essentially the big problem is is it, getting everyone to agree at, uh, on a certain utopia is pretty much impossible.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, and even if
0: they do agree, eventually they'll come up with there will be schisms.
1: Yeah, I think I think the point of like utopia is that um, it it only it, like there's one kind there's for every different view of the human condition or human nature there's a corresponding utopia, but if, unless you're but unless there's like a single correct theory about what is best for, for humans and the human condition, then just the idea of utopia itself is just in, intrinsically contradictory. Yeah. It's, it's just,
0: it's not a, uh, there's no way to make it materialize into reality without severe, uh, um, uh, con, 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 what the fuck? What's the word? Cut con, con. Like where you come to an agreement, but it's no one's really happy.
1: Conformity? No, not congratulations.
0: No. Con, 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 consensus? Con, the word where you. Yeah, no. Sure. Cons, no, not
1: consensus. Consensus, conformity, control.
0: I might have led you down the wrong path with the con thing. No, not <laughs> congratulations compromise, compromise. That's what oh, okay, there we go. everybody must make compromises <laughs> for there to be even a little bit of like what could maybe be considered a utopia but no one likes to compromise interesting
1: yeah yeah there would have to be compromise. but what but do you think that there is one system that would be the best for human nature what do you mean by a system like of governance or like, do you think that there are essential characteristics about what it makes about what makes up the human condition and that if you can identify those essential needs or those essential characteristics and you could design a society based on rewarding and satisfying that uh, essential nature of the human condition that that would be utopia do you think that that is possible or do you think there's, that's impossible?
0: Uh, well, the Bible says all things are possible. So <laughs> yes, it's possible, but realistically, there's too much variety and personalities and values out there mm. that the more realistic goal would be coming up with like a dozen or so utopias that anyone, no matter where you're born, or whatever you can choose to go to either one, right? So, you know, people that are like very, I don't know, entrepreneurial and and uh, and they're driven by the acquirement of wealth. There should be a capitalistic utopia for them, and all the people that are of that mindset, they can live there, hmm. and they don't have to. They don't have an effect on the neighboring utopia, which maybe is more of like a socialist utopia, where it's like everybody just takes their turn toiling in the fields or whatever. But to come up with a system that everybody's happy with, that doesn't lead to mass
1: murder? (laughs) Yeah, what about the Mongols? I don't know if that's possible.
0: (laughs) Dude, I'm sure there were some Mongols that were just like, I'd rather make some crafts and not kill all the Chinese people today.
1: Yeah, well, they put them in prison
0: for being weird. (laughs) You're so weird. You don't want to genocide (laughs) today, you fucking weirdo? Uh, I mean... Like you would have to like essentially take away. You'd have to become like the Borg, right? Yeah. You'd have to take away assimilate individuality. You you you'd have to like everybody would have to assimilate, right? Mm. For there to be like a truly peaceful utopia, and if everybody has to assimilate, then no one's really free. Okay. Is freedom
1: necessary for utopia? Ah, well, There's do we no even course. have freedom? Do we? Even ah, have for freedom? fuck's sakes,
0: We already did that episode, <laughs> dude.
1: Well, actually, that's going to become important because uh, I think now would probably be a, would be a good time to talk about this specific utopian vision called Walden 2. All right. Yeah. Me. So uh, Walden 2. Is... Walden 1 didn't work out. One... what's happening here? Walden 1. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So it's a reference. Walden 2 is a reference to a novel written in the. Uh... When was that novel written? Um a novel called Walden written by Henry David Thoreau. And that was written in the mid 1800s. And so Henry David Thoreau was this guy in Massachusetts who decided to live in peace in nature with like a small community of people without money, like an egalitarian society kind of thing. Right. And I think it didn't, I can't remember, like, I don't know if it failed spectacularly. I think they just like ran out of money, like that kind of thing. Um,
0: Side note, I just watched uh, Good Will Hunting for the first time last night.
1: Oh, I've never seen that.
0: Yeah, well, the kid's wicked fucking smart. That's pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there was very little, like, true conflict in that movie, in my opinion. I was waiting for, like, spoiler alert, I thought for sure someone was going to die in that movie. Like, and that would, like, kind of disrupt any of the progress that was made it was pretty like steady progression to a positive conclusion with not much actual conflict in there just my review (laughs) fuck yeah he was wicked smart okay
1: (laughs) all right well great um i'm not quite sure i I thought as a man who was
0: (laughs) Look, Sam. I thought for sure you would have seen that movie, and we could have talked about it briefly. But I guess not.
1: No, I haven't seen it.
0: I'm a, more of a beautiful mind kind of guy. I think. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. That now that movie, that guy was fucking wicked, wicked my kid. Um, <laughs> fucking wicked schizo, though, brother. You know who he's talking to
1: lots of cousins
0: i just thought you because you because you used to live in massachusetts i thought you kind of, oh, you kind okay. of like you sure yeah have, we've all, all had we've all seen goodwill Hunting
1: that. yeah okay sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> the weirdest
1: stereotype um okay right so uh so yeah walden 2 not walden 2 sequel to walden 1 but very different like vision for society but they're both like a utopian so, egalitarian society okay it's like separate from
0: but we do know for sure walton walton 2 did not work out i mean one didn't work out
1: no i don't think it's still going um there are like there are, <laughs> okay. there are like uh you can join like egalitarian uh, like free separate communities like they're they're all over the place you can join one uh, you just have to But they're not going to be like Walden 2. Walden 2, like we'll get into it. But so, uh, B.F. Skinner, he wrote Walden 2. He was, he was a, we've talked about him before, like he was a big shot scientist, psychologist back in the day. Yeah,
0: he sounds, the name's ringing some bells here. Yeah, so he was a
1: behaviorist. So he did not believe in free will. He believed that human beings, uh, we don't have free will, we're just organisms. And all of our behavior is almost entirely determined by our genetics and external factors, but mostly by external factors. So we do what we, and that, uh, so like, we're not much different from rats in, in his opinion. We're like more complicated rats, basically.
0: Complicated rats, complicated rats. good rat name.
1: <laughs> um, and so he based his society on, on like his findings in behavioral psychology. So he thought like, you're not, you're not free because you're determined by external factors, but you can feel free as long as you can do what you desire to do. So that's the best you can hope for. So
0: you're, you're, you're free to do what your brain, what your biology is commanding you to do
1: would be free will. Your biology, but mostly your environment. Okay. Because What you want to do. According to Skinner, is going to be determined by your environment and your life experience. So you're going to,
0: and also your biological like impulses, right?
1: Yeah, but you, but he's a, like a scientist, right? So his all of his studies show that environmental factors are what determine behavior because they can over because they manipulate okay. your biological levers, so to speak. So like, oh, I see. All yeah, right. So like, there's the famous experiment of the. This wasn't Skinner, but like they did these experiments with rats where they would let them press a lever and it would give them like cocaine or something. And if the rat had nothing else to do, it would just keep hitting cocaine until it died. But if Mm -hmm. the rat had like lots of other rats to play with and lots of activities and like a nice clean environment to explore, then it would ignore the cocaine and it would go hang out with all the other rats and have fun. And so that's...
0: You sure it wouldn't lead all of his other rat friends to the <laughs> cocaine and they'd all have, <laughs> like, freaky group sex? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they covered that up. That might have happened, but they covered it up. <laughs> okay. Because that for sure happened. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's basically... So Skinner thought you could basically do that with rats. Like he thought the reason why there's so many miserable people in society is not because people are inherently miserable. It's because society isn't giving them an option that's better than, say, like doing drugs or scamming people or like being an asshole. But if you were able, if you put people in the right Right. environment, then everybody would, you know, be great. And if they weren't, then, you know, you just kick them out. Whatever. See you. But they wouldn't want to. Yeah,
0: stay, and then stay, they would. Yeah. The people that, the people that get kicked out would form their own like opposing society, and then it's <laughs> only a matter of time before those societies start ripping each other apart.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically, I think, but like, l- let's explore a little bit more before we totally write it off. Like, it is, it is a pretty interesting uh, thought experiment to go through. Yeah, no. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so. No, yeah, go no, prove me wrong. No. Right. So, um, <laughs> so like he, he's very, he's a bit light on the details because if he had the details, then he would have been able to do it because it's all about scientifically engineering people's behavior with the right positive reinforcement. Right. So if, if you knew how to do it, you could do it. Like, that's the whole idea of it is like, if you can do it, it, it like it'll work because it's based on science. But anyway, so, right. So here's like. Here's sort of how they he breaks it down a little bit. Like, how do you get people to want to do what is in their best interests? Like, that's the whole premise of Walden Two. You have to condition people through upbringing to want to do what is in their best interests, so they feel free while they are also doing what is best for their for themselves. And that's like the vision of the society. Yeah, but wouldn't that
0: wouldn't that not conflict with like when you have to kind of figure out a way to get people to do what's in their best interest and in the best interest of their group as a whole.
1: Yeah. That's like the balance that they have to strike is, and there is a balance between doing what is in your best interest and what is in the community's best interest and balancing those. And I think that's where like, yeah. So like, for example, one example of that is like how do they break down the economy? Well, there's sort of like four roles that you can play in Walton Two. You could be a planner. That's like the top end of like governance is the planners, then managers, yeah. workers, and scientists. So those are like four roles. Managers mm-hmm. and planners are like the decision makers. So they like run the run the show basically.
0: Right. Like George Bush was a
1: decider. <laughs> I'm the decider. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the designer. <laughs> Because people were saying Dick Cheney was
0: the same. So planners and and managers were like, they work obviously, they would be, you know, first and second in the hierarchy or is there a hierarchy? Well,
1: not not really. It's not really a hierarchy thing. So the planners and managers, like they rotate, everyone rotates through those positions and uh, they're not like desirable. They don't come with privileges or anything. They're just different jobs.
0: And everybody takes a turn at all of them. I think you have to
1: want to. And I think to be a planner, you have to get selected by a committee or something. But again, there's not a ton of details about this stuff. Right. So then most people are, are going to be workers or scientists. But what is true is that there's no money for anybody. No one gets money. You get these things called leisure tokens. So basically, basically you work to earn vacation time. And with your vacation time, you can like just do whatever you want around Walden, two. They have a bunch of stuff you can do for complicated rats and you've lost okay uh, <laughs> um,
0: well that's what my next question yeah. is is like say I want a specific item for say a hobby or whatever mm-hmm. you know maybe I'm a uh, maybe I'm a painter who wants to buy an easel yeah or something yeah or I'm a I'm a I'm a pet, enthusi- pet enthusiast that wants to buy a weasel mm-hmm. you know yeah. do I submit paperwork for that <laughs>
1: Yeah, so what you would do? Like, I know
0: it might not say this in the book, but like, what what would you think would happen? Do I be like, "Hey, I want this fucking, I want this uh, this weasel, <laughs> a weasel, but it's this much money, or this easel, Un-easel. or whatever you need. <laughs> Whether you're a painter or a rodent enthusiast, you're gonna want something that you know is gonna cost a little money, yeah. right? So in our world, how do you like get people to, you know, some people are satisfied with just like very inexpensive, simple stuff. They don't have these any expensive taste or
1: hobbies. Yeah. So like, so, so is it, so Walden two is at this stage in the, in the story, so to speak, Walden two is like a community within the larger United States. And so what they do is they like produce things in Walden Two. Like I think they make like beer and wine and stuff and then they sell that um, outside of Walden Two, and they get money and then they can buy things for the community. So I guess, yeah, hypothetically, if you had a special request, you would like, you could write a proposal. Like this is why we need such and such an item. Like, and it would have to be something that would be good for everybody. Like you probably wouldn't be able to buy a super expensive thing just for yourself. They probably wouldn't allow that.
0: That's the thing. See, that's the problem: is that your own like personal endeavors would be essentially the very least of the priorities of people. So, well, okay, finding so that, your... that be, might be
1: true of you, but according to uh, Skinner, that would not be true of someone born in Walden Two. Because if you were born in Walden Two, you would be conditioned by the behavioral engineering not to want not to selfishly desire things. You would only want things that would be good for like a bunch of people. So that leads to my next question.
0: (laughs) So like hypothetically, there's a, there's a Walden to Jimi Hendrix, right? (laughs) Jimi Hendrix really wants a guitar. Now at the beginning It might seem like a selfish act for him only to want this guitar uh, and for him to want it to be his so he can spend the time to learn to be a master at it, which will then, after years of practice, benefit the rest of Walden, too, with frickin, uh, you know, all along the Watchtower.
1: Well, they have tons of instruments and they have tons of people playing music all the time because music benefits everybody. So they would be like, "Yeah, sure, if we have our own Jimi Hendrix." That's we'll true. We'll be so happy with that. We'll get you a guitar.
0: Yeah, but then there's some kid that fucking sucks with the guitar and doesn't have the right dexterity. He's always he's hogging it. He's hogging the guitar. <laughs> well, Jimmy has to get to the back of the line after his half is that half an hour of playing's up. No,
1: they, now no, it's going to no. take us. No. they wouldn't. The, they wouldn't. It's going
0: to take lot. us forever to get along the watchtower, or whatever the hell else. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah. Um
0: do you understand like what I'm saying is that Oh no, like- I get it. I get
1: it. Yeah. Uh, but I think okay. again I think they they have like enough resources that they can have enough instruments for people to share and have opportunities. And if someone was especially gifted so, so rewarded. But I, I think they they put a pretty low emphasis on genius. Like they didn't think that that was like a great thing. Um But you can okay. choose what I'm you, do. you want I'm just saying that the art
0: art in general art in general would suffer. Mentally, under this system, I think.
1: Well, you only you only have to work four hours a day, and the rest of that time you can do with weight as you will, such as doing art.
0: Well, I'd spend. Uh, I guess I'd spend my time waiting in line to play my drum set that I have to rearrange. Spend half of my time rearranging to my style.
1: You know what I'm saying? Man, I don't know how to how to uh, like personal <laughs> address this worry that there's going to be a huge line for the drums. I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Trust me, it's going to be the fucking
0: game <laughs> or like any, any, like any item that's expensive, but everybody wants a shot at It's you're going to have a bunch of mediocre guitar players sharing one guitar. Just use that analogy that, that expands over the rest of any sort of like development of art and culture. Unless there's like everybody, I don't know. Am I? I'm, maybe I'm focusing too much on this I think, one. I think problem. they have so like enough gonna...
1: instruments for like a like everyone to like be take a turn as part of like a large band. There definitely is a lot of music in the in the book, so they clearly are spending okay. a lot of money on instruments.
0: Uh, but there's lots of other stuff to do. All right. As well. well, that's. I'm starting to think that almost their entire budget might have to go towards instruments <laughs> at this point. For anyone to get good at them.
1: Okay, well, okay, so what do you think about this? So the way you earn the leisure tokens is you have to do like work to earn them. And the least desirable jobs are the ones that reward the most leisure points. So for cleaning the septic tank will give you more tokens than say like repairing the tractor. See, that
0: that would be kind of nice because there are people and lots of people that don't have any sort of like real expenses in order to be happy right mm-hmm. so that's the type of personality or you would want you would want to literally use your leisure tokens on leisure and not the pursuit of becoming good at something that's like niche,
1: right? Leisure, leisure just means like you don't have to, leisure just means you can do like whatever you want. So you can spend your leisure time getting good at anything that you would want to do that you can get within the resources of Walden Two, like music, science, studying. So,
0: so uh, I'm trying to put my mind in the, in the body of the guy that would always want to get that septic tank job in order to, now (laughs) do do the leisure tokens buy you time or access to stuff?
1: Time. Time. Everyone has the same access to everything. Um, Okay. All right. You know, that's not bad anymore. But it's like, you wouldn't necessarily want to always clean the, like pump the septic tank because you can choose whatever job you want to do every day, basically. So like if one day, maybe you're like today, once a week I'll do a septic job, but the rest of the week I'm going to do the stuff that I'm much better at and more interested in like cooking or like repair work or designing improvements, things like that, whatever. Um, So you can like pick your, Mm -hmm. pick your career sort of pretty freely.
0: Now, how would business work? Like who owns the business? Mm -hmm. Who, are there any independently owned enterprises whatsoever?
1: So within Walden 2, there's no money. You just have uh, leisure tokens. And I don't think you're allowed to like exchange them with each other. Um, But then outside of it, I think the managers and the planners would be responsible for like dealing with the outside world, like selling stuff to the outside world and buying stuff from the outside world.
0: So like, can a kid like, and like, how does this system, is it going to essentially alienate you from like advancements in technology
1: in uh, the no, outside no, because, world uh no, because they have well okay hypothetically not because they have like a one of the roles in the community is the scientist role so they have people whose job it is to do science which means participating in the broader scientific community of the world so they are still keeping up with science they keep up with politics as well so like what they do is no no like the members don't all go and vote in like elections what they do is they have like mm. a small, like maybe like some workers or like some planners or something. Their job is to monitor politics at the local, national, international level. And then they, in turn, so those monitors decide like what ticket to vote for, like who to vote for, in which in which positions, in which elections. And then they just go around and give everybody that ticket. And then everyone goes and votes that same ticket.
0: <laughs> so here's another problem I would foresee. Here is there there would have to be I would imagine, especially for the younger population, a certain amount of isolation or censoring of culture outside of Walton, 2, Right? Mm.
1: This is a problem. Like, that are the these Amish kids going to gonna deal be? As
0: well. Yeah, and their resolution was: you get one year out there, try not to die. <laughs> <laughs> And how, how many people end up coming back? Lots of them end up getting addicted to drugs real quick, as for what I understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, again, like, the idea with Walden 2 is, like, because the behavioral engineers understand what is best for human nature and how to condition the people who grow up in Walden 2 to want what is allegedly best for human nature, is that, like, if you are raised within that conditioning – you won't you won't desire the, the 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 pleasures of the outside world because those are like cheap imitations of what is really good for the human condition so you're not even, you're not really even going to want it and if you do want it you won't yeah, want it yeah i to mean i to. mean so it'll be pretty easy yeah, for you to leave and they just boot those people yeah. i feel like there would be a large
0: amount of like young people leaving this community
1: yeah like who knows how cuz everybody
0: goes through a little go. bit of
1: but I guess like
0: like a uh, rebellious phase is pretty much yeah. ingrained
1: into most young people. Yeah, I mean you think so, but then again, like it's so hard to argue against their position because they'll just say like, ah oh, well, like, people, like kids only rebel because they aren't raised properly. like if, if you only knew how to raise them. Like in Walden 2, for example, they have no nuclear family. Like parents don't what parents don't treat their kids any differently than any other kids. You're like separated from parents and everyone's sort of raised communally.
0: You don't think that there's going to be some like biological coding that will essentially almost guarantee a mother will give her biological child preference over her non-biological children?
1: You would think so. But again, I think... Like I think I I think we're I relying pretty heavily
0: on these on these behavioral engineers. Yeah, right? exactly. Like that, they, these guys are starting to sound like they got a lot of power over everyone. Well, that's like, the an thing, insane right? amount of power.
1: Like, that's um, that is addressed in the book because, you know, they're basically they're basically saying like they they do have almost godlike power over, um, over people because they can control their behavior and engineer their behavior.
0: But I think Well it sounds like they, they can engineer their desires and wants too.
1: Yeah, they engineer their behavior through engineering their desires and wants. So you, you show people that behaving in a certain way will, will will net them a reward, then they're more likely to behave that way again. Whereas on the other side, right. if you so just push just, behavior, then it doesn't actually correct it, it makes it worse. So the whole thing is based on using positive reinforcement to engineer certain behaviors.
0: Interesting. Sounds like it's getting into very cult-like territory, though. Yeah. Like, the people at the top are going to have, like, a very... Like, these these behavioral engineers are going to essentially have all the power, right? They're going to be controlling everyone's desires and wants and their, like... Quelling rebellious or outside thinking <laughs> with not giving them the positive reinforcement that everybody else perceives for doing the right quote unquote, right type of behavior or thinking.
1: Yeah. The, probably the biggest lack of detail is like how exactly you'll engineer these desires. Like they really don't, he, do, he does not go into much detail about that beyond showing that like education is done sort of communally. And it's very like self guided kind of education where it's where they're like the kids are like rats sort of in mazes, sort of exploring and not really interacting with like a teacher, so to speak. Um, But again, there's not a lot of detail. I mean, a lot of this stuff
0: always sounds good at first until you dig into it a little bit more. And it sounds like it just leads to a small group of people having a ton of power, which is essentially what almost every society and history seems to end up like.
1: Yeah. I think like the, like, as, like, as they argue in the book, like the only, um, the only difference is that supposedly right in this society, you have power. Yes. But like, you don't have, um, it's the, it's the best alternative because it's a power that is like, instead of forcing people to do things, you're like, you the everyone feels free all the time if you're if you know what i mean it's like a power right through. so
0: individual individual like oppression it doesn't feel like oppression it doesn't even feel though yeah. it could be argued you're you're it could be argued that it is
1: yeah so so this is like the question that comes up and like the accused the uh it's like a novel right so it's told it's like a fictional story and there's like the guy who founded the community is like giving them a tour and there's one character who's a like a called a philosopher in the book and the book just just paints him out to be like this idiot because <laughs> um, bf skinner was a psychologist his philosopher's
0: stoned yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh he's like you're you're just like a, you're like a despot you're like a dictator you're like a cult of personality you have too much power and uh his response is that like Well, like what's what's the alternative, like democracy? Well democracy is just like dictatorship by the majority. Yeah. So you're always gonna, as Bob Dylan would say, you're always gonna serve somebody. But at least in Walden 2, you're gonna serve somebody who has your best interests at heart. So you hope.
0: Yeah, it's another one of these societies that sounds great until you factor in like the natural greed of humanity, or like there you go again. The natural again, they're going to be like, "Oh, natural
1: greed? No, 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 no natural greed." In Walden Two, we condition that out of everybody through behavioral engineering.
0: (laughs) Well, no one's ever going to get good at guitar then, because (laughs) they're going to want more time with the guitar. No, if you're you're only. If you're okay with your allotted 30 minutes a week playing that guitar, good luck. I mean, have fun being a mediocre guitarist forever and never producing anyone that's excelling at anything.
1: (laughs) I think you're really the most, uh, I think your biggest objection is there's not going to be enough guitars. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the guitars is just it's just a placeholder for any desire that doesn't really line up with doesn't necessarily benefit the community immediately
1: oh, like so. how
0: are you going to weed out the, the desire to be good at something for your, your own your own like pleasure of being good at something or your own curiosity at figuring out how to build something that oh no they, they take time and resources they,
1: they uh they will reward that they will reward you developing skills.
0: Even if it's not like, even if it's like, I can imagine like an engineering skill would be helpful for everybody immediately, but something more on the creative side, maybe there isn't so much like, of an obvious benefit and it might even end up being a pain on the community at, at first. Yeah. I, th- I think like they're
1: like- Like imagine- I think
0: they're like- Imagine if you will, yeah an open mic scene at this, in this society, like it's going to be one night and everybody's going to decide this is not good for society.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I don't think they'll have agile at the open mic. (laughs) 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 And then maybe if they, if they might even try it, I don't, I think, uh, I think they would, they would keep it going, but I think people would change. Then again, some people just don't change no matter how many times they bomb. (laughs)
0: No, I guess my my overarching point is that it, this doesn't seem to be like a society where people can take enough uh, risk to like propel forward in certain fields, Well, here, here's, here's
1: Here's here's um, here's what I think they would argue in response to that. Their argument would be in our society. We uh, no one would want to be or like we won't uh, you won't want to be in our society. If all you care about is honing a particular skill and sort of ignoring everybody and not sharing your skills with, with everyone, so you won't want to you won't want to live with us if that's you. So you'd be welcome to leave, and the people who stay will be you're welcome. You're welcome to leave if that's the case. To leave because because yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out eventually. Maybe not as fast as you, but our model is more sustainable, and it won't collapse in on itself because people are, are selfish.
0: Well, there you go folks. <laughs> Walton 2. We uh we're going to make it. It's going to be in Florida.
1: But like the whole thing um, the whole thing only works if this whole behavioral engineering gambit is real, which seems pretty unlikely. Like it works if behavioral well, engineering is magic, but
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's you really need to like That stuff needs to work real well. That's the big thing that they
1: sort of like smuggle in there without really explaining is like, yeah, we have this thing called behavioral engineering that can eliminate all human flaws. Like, Oh, cool. (laughs) Great. Well, Sam, I got to go. I got to
0: pick up my fiance. Um, Is there anything you want to leave the audience with to ponder over the next, I don't know, until whenever we do another podcast.
1: Um, Christmas themed philosophy topics. Yeah, write us in some stuff.
0: TPSpodcasts420 at gmail.com And uh, yeah, happy holidays. Uh, keep it real out there. Bye.